Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the From the Finney podcast with me, Jake. Me, Jimmy. Me, Ollie. Me, Bob. And me, other Ollie. Uh, this is the second PNE 20 question quiz cast, and I will hand you over to our host for the quiz, uh, Jimmy. Hiya. You alright? We all alright? Yeah. yeah, I'm alright. Yeah. yeah, good, mate. Good. This will be a bit easier, I think, this week. So, uh, I've got I've got to make allowances for Jake, haven't we? Because we can't yeah. have another person <laughs> getting seven. But, um, it's nice that you've considered me. No, so I thought I'd make it it's a bit interesting, but a little bit easier in parts. Not every part, right? But, um, but yeah, thanks for all the feedback on Twitter and everything. Sounds like it's gone down fairly well. So this will be addition two. Um, try and get a third one out whilst we're all on lockdown. Just keep yeah, us all think, a little bit I sane. Think, I think we'll manage a third one. Yeah, keep us sane, keep us going. So, right, so we've got four different um, categories this week. So we've got um, my first, my last, um, who am who am I, uh, with a fullback theme, um, and then this season's championship. So uh, five quite random questions about the championship this season. So, is it how many uh, questions in each one? Five questions in each one. So, 20 points on offer again. The first two categories sound very interesting. Mm. Yeah, a couple of these might catch you off a little bit. Um, have we all got pen and paper? Are we all ready? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so, without further ado, question number one. Um, who was the first signing made by Darren Ferguson in January 2012, uh, 2010? Sorry. Oh. Jesus Tough on that. Mm. When did you say January? January twenty ten. <laughs> I, I think you got the job about about 6th of Jan or something like that yeah it was just after my birthday yeah so, question 2 who was the first signing made by Alex Neil? Josh Harrop doesn't count does it no it doesn't <clears throat> it, was, it was at the club on day 1 weren't it when um, yeah, Sam decided so. to do one <laughs> Ooh, it's one of two for me. Question three. Who scored the first goal in the championship for Preston this season? I panicked when I woke up this morning and thought I'd do a bit of research. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> I think I was in I think I was in Jersey when the first goal of the season was scored. Question number four. Who scored the first goal under Simon Grayson? Oh, 
Oh Gott. I'm gonna go with what I originally thought. And then question five. Who was the first signing Simon Grayson made as best manager? Oh, Jesus, what? Oh. When did Simon Grayson come in? After Graham Wessler. Yeah, it was like March, weren't it? March 2013. February 2013. His first game was on the 23rd. Was his first game like Bournemouth or something? No, that was John Dreyer. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Dreyer. It wasn't Swindon away, was it? I'm not going to give it away because then you might be able to get the uh, the answer to the previous question. (coughs) Tough one, that. Feeling a lot more confident after round one this time than I was last time. That's all right. You couldn't feel less confident, could you? Really? Let's be honest. <laughs> right. So, question six. Um, these are all about lasts. So, the last goal scored this season for Preston was scored by who? Oh. Bloody hell. Mm. It's only six weeks ago. I know. I know, yeah. Oh, damn. Feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> um, oh. Question seven. Who was Alex Neal's last signing? And question eight. David Moyes' last game in charge of PNE was a 2-1 win against Rotherham at Deepdale in March 2002 before he went to Everton. But who scored the two goals in his last game as manager? It's the same person. So someone grabbed a brace. I remember that one well from when I was four years old. <laughs> I was three. <laughs> I was only about eight, to be fair. No, I was 13. What had a season two. 2002. I know, 10. Uh, question nine. Who scored the last goal? Who scored the last goal under Simon Grayson? Hmm. What was that? These are hard, these. I thought these were easy this week. <laughs> nah, I don't remember individual games, me. Process of elimination. Uh, and, and then question 10. Who scored the last goal under Billy Davis? Was just a guess. 
I think every single one of these, apart from one, has been a guess. As long as they're educated guesses, you're all right. So, question 11. So, this is the start of the Who Am I round. So, it's got a full-back theme this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, question 11. This player was signed from Burnley in 2003 under Craig Brown. He's a former, former England under-21 international but only made two appearances for North End. No. No. Question 12. Signed by Alan Irvin in whenever that was. This Scottish fullback made 19 appearances for Preston before returning north of the border after being released by Darren Ferguson. I think I've got that one. If Jake's getting it, I should be getting it. Mm. Question 13. This player is a former Manchester United player who spent two years at Deepdale and scored the winning goal in the 2016 Scottish Cup final for his current club. Oh, yeah. Say that again. So this player is a former Manchester United player who spent two years at Deepdale and scored the winning goal in the 2016 Scottish Cup final for his current club. Question 14. This fullback later became a centre-half, joined from Port Vale in 1992 and played in the two playoff finals for Preston in 1994 and 2001. And then question 15. This this Welsh international fullback signed from Bristol City in 1999 and after retiring lasted just five months in charge of Tramere Rovers. Bloody hell. He didn't retire after playing for North End, by the way. He did retire later in his career, but he did only last five months at Tramere as manager. Cool. Question 16. So these next five are all about this season's championship. So question 16, according to Kieran Maguire of um, the Price of Football podcast and finance ex- expert, to the nearest whole thousand, what's the average weekly wage in the championship? Hmm. Uh, question 17. To date, who is top scorer in the championship this season? It's not Jaden Stockley. 
Leave him alone. Uh, question 18. Can you name the club captain of Brentford? Question 19. Philip Koku joined Wayne Rooney's Derby County at the start of the season, but at what club was his previous managerial position? Oh, like directly, directly before Derby? Correct. Oh, it was a... Uh, <coughs> that was question number 19, 19. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then last question for today... Who was the first manager to lose his job in the championship this season? Oh. Mm. There's not been that many sackings as it this season compared to normal. Ah, oh. um, oh, I was on something the other day. I think. I think there's been 38. I think in the the EFL. It's between two for me. 35. Graham Wesley was the last one to lose his job. How I in the AFL? In the AFL. That's more than I thought, actually. Yeah. There's feel... only 70, 72 clubs. I feel like I'm missing quite a few. I can only think of about two. To be fair, it's in the 92. It's in the AFL on the Prem. All right, fair enough. 35 have lost their job this season. It's either my hero or someone else. This answer. Cool. Right, that rounds up. Jake, doing a quick break. Before we uh, uh yeah. answers. Yeah, I'll go and make a brew. and uh, we can do the answers. Sound? Sound. Nice one. Do I have to leave my phone on by the way? Yeah. Right. I'll just take my earphones out, make a brew. I'll yeah. just go and grab a drink. Right, I'm just gonna go and make a brew myself. Everyone's off to Google. <laughs>
Welcome back to the From the Finney podcast. Uh, that was Tiger Reach Out by a local Preston band called Sugarstone. That's their new single. Hopefully you enjoyed it. You can check them out on social media. And in part two, we're going to run through the answers and we're going to have a little chat about just what, what's been what's been out in the news in the football world over the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, hopefully you enjoy part two as much as you enjoy part one. Um, Jimmy? Hand it ah, back well, over to you, pal. Thank you, mate. Is any any questions? Anyone want to go over? Can I just apologise in advance? Because this is an absolute <laughs> disaster. <laughs> I think I've gone from winner last week to <coughs> loser this week. I've I've got dashes next to one, three, and four in the who am I section, but. I don't. I don't think you repeating them is going to help me. But you may as well repeat them if if anyone's stuck yeah, on them that's so listening. In fact, do you just want to run through all the questions again, just before we do the answers? Yeah. So question one was the first signing made by Darren Ferguson in January 2010. Question two, the first signing made by Alex Neil. Question three, the first goal scored in the championship this season by PNE. By PNE, yeah. Uh, question four: The first goal scored under Simon Grayson. And question five: The first signing Simon Grayson made as Preston manager. Uh, question six: uh, Who scored the last goal this season for Preston? Uh, question seven: Who was Alex Neal's last signing? Question eight: um, Who scored the last goals of David Moyes' tenure as manager? Question nine: The last goal scored under Simon Grayson. Question ten: The last goal scored under Billy Davis. Question eleven. Uh, these were the Who Am I's with the fullback team this week. Um, question 11 was signed from Burnley in 2003. This former England under 21 international made only two appearances for North End. Uh, question 12, signed by Alan Irving. This Scottish fullback made 19 appearances for Preston before returning north of the border after being released by Darren Ferguson. Question 13, this player is a former Manchester United player who spent two years at Deepdale and scored a winning goal in the 2016 Scottish Cup final for his current club. Question 14. This fullback, who later became a centre-half, joined from Port Vale in 1992 and played in two playoff finals for Preston in 1994 and 2001. And question 15. This Welsh international signed from Bristol City in 1999 and after retiring, lasted just five months in charge of Tramway Rovers. Question 16. According to Kevin Maguire of Price of Football, to the nearest whole thousand, what is the average weekly wage in the Championship this season? Question 17. If the league was to end today, who would be the top scorer in the Championship? Question 18. Can you name the club captain of Brentford? Question 19. What was Philip Koku's last job before he became Derby manager? And question 20, who was the first manager to lose his job in the Championship this season? I'm out of breath now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about quite a, quite a decent amount of them. Yeah. I just hope I that doesn't come back to feeling, bite me in the arse. I don't know how you're feeling good about these. What was number five, by the way, Jimmy? Sorry to ask you. That's the third time repeating. Uh, question five. <laughs> <laughs> question five, who was the first signing Simon Grayson made as Preston manager? Four was first score under Simon Grayson, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. Right, we're going with the answers. <laughs> we'll do it in the same order as last week. So Jake, um, Ollie Gornall, Ollie Dawes, and then Bob. Is that all right? Cool. Yeah. 
Right, question one. Who's, who's Darren Ferguson's first signing, Jake? I've put Richie Dillat. I did have Josh King, but I scribbled it out and put Richie Dillat. Okay. Ollie? I've gone Danny Welbeck. Uh, I've, gone, I've gone Danny Welbeck as well. Bob? I've got I've got Matty James. Danny Welbeck is correct. Shit the bed. I thought that was too obvious. Ah, fuck it off, Jake. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was him and then was it not Coots and Tracy on deadline day? It was. There was was there... Paul Coots a decent player? I remember him being yeah. a decent player. Yeah, yeah it was. Excellent. Mm. Good box-to-box midfielder, I remember. What happened to him? Went to break Derby. Did he break his leg in a bad way? Graham yeah, Wesley. Right. Yeah, Graham Wesley happened to him. <laughs> Exiled. Is it Fleetwood now? Is he? What? Still yeah. playing? Yeah. yeah. Strings, yeah. Good he's signing for Fleetwood. Sheffield United, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. He went he's, a, he's a big part of how Fleetwood play. Was he not? I just remember him being a decent player. Was he not? He was out of contract last summer, wasn't he? Yeah. Went on a yeah. free. Was he not captain at some point and then Wesley had some tantrum and stripped him of it? Yeah, um, mm. that was in probably Wesley's like, second or third week. I think yeah, John Parker mentioned early, that. The early 2011, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know if it was Parky or someone else told me about Cootsie was kicking up a stink when Wesley came in. And Wesley sent him home for a week and fined him a week's wages. Um, and he came back in the week after, did the same thing again. Uh, so he got two weeks fine. Two weeks not at the club, and then when he when he did eventually come back, like he'd signed like Andy Proctor and all that, like, and he was playing in the reserves with them. And apparently Cootsie was like, absolutely brilliant. And Wesley at the end of it went over to him and was like, "Ah, oh, Cootsie, that was that was fantastic. You were brilliant today." And he went, "Yeah, it's not hard against the shite that you've brought in, is it?" <laughs> Jeez, wow. Was he a very good dribbler of the ball? Yeah, from, like deep yeah. in midfield. I was I was only about twelve. Did you not score one against Colchester once? I was on the first day of the season. Yeah, first day of the season back at in League One. Yeah. We got beat 4 2, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, question two. Good times. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Who was the first signing made by Alex Neal? I've got Darnell Fisher. Ali? I've got Cafu. I've got Darnell Fisher as well, yeah. Yeah, I've got Darnell Fisher. I had Jordan Story. Darnell Fisher's correct. Get in. Everyone was kicking off as well because yeah. Aidan McGeady tore him a new one, didn't he? As before. He had, a good, he had a good game at North End, though, Darnell. Yeah. Away, though. He got bullied away by McGeady, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. I think that was one of McGeady's best games. Though. Question three. Um, who scored the first goal for North End this season in the Championship? The player that everyone loves to hate, Sean Maguire. Oh, I've got Louis Malt. Uh, I've Johnny Maguire. Oh, I've got Sean Maguire. It was Sean Maguire. Louis Malt yeah. played at that game. Yeah, he I, I was, second, I was, didn't in he? fairness, I was not in the country at the time, so that's what that's my excuse. Here, here, here they come. <laughs> One of many. Damn. He's got the first goal on the Simon Grayson. Um. I remember this. It was Will Hayhurst in a one-all draw. I can't remember who we played. I've got Will Hayhurst. Draw. Was it Swindon away? Yeah, it was Swindon away. Ollie? Uh, yeah, I've got Hayhurst. Bob hasn't. I'm guessing by that side. Uh, Lee Holmes. <laughs> uh, it was a. Uh, it, it was infamous coach two day to Swindon. So um, yeah, and then question five: Who was the first signing Simon Grayson made as Preston manager? 
Tom Clark. I've got Tom Clark. Tom Clark. Yeah, Tom Clark. Tom Ooh. Clark is correct. Four out of five in that round. We'll take that, boys. <laughs> yeah, Jake's got four. Ollie Gornel's got four. Ollie Dawes has got five. Bob's got two. So, uh, uh, at least I've got over half of my total from last week in one round. Yeah, you've done well there, mate. I said it'd be easy for you. <laughs> Right, the last. So, um, who scored the last goal this season for Preston? Uh, Daniel Johnson. Daniel Johnson, was it a penalty? Yeah, DJ penalty. Yeah, yeah. DJ. Yeah, against QPR. Yeah. Um, who was Alex Neal's last signing? Um, Scott Sinclair. Scott Sinclair, I've got. Sinclair. Sinclair. Yeah, oh, Scott Sinclair, oh, he is so wonderful. Um, David Moyes' last game in charge was a 2-1 win against Rotherham at home. Who scored the goals that day? Right in my idle piece the other week has massively helped me out with this. It was Richard Creswell. I went John Macken, not a clue. I have Creswell. Yeah, I have Cressy as well. Yeah, well, Richard Creswell. Um, who scored the last goal under Simon Grayson? Uh, I have a dash for this one, so I have no idea. I can't remember. I've got Jordan Hugill. Okay. I've got Stevie May home to Rotherham. I've got Callum Robinson. Oh, Ollie. Ollie. What a great shot. What is your memory? Uh, Stevie May's one of his only goals for us. Yeah. Was it's it a decent league. goal as well, yeah, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Home to Rotherham. And, um, Shit the bed. On a, on a glorious sunny afternoon it was. Yeah. And that's the game that Darnell had a, had a worldie for Rotherham. So. Um, What's the next question? Sorry. Oh, who scored the last goal under Billy Davis? Uh, I've got Danny Dicchio. I went Cresswell. Not a clue. Yeah, no, it was just a guess. I have Nuge from the first leg at playoffs. I I guess Cresswell for playoffs as well. Second, yeah, second goal. No, it's um, it is David Nugent. First leg at Leeds. His last game was the two 0 home defeat. Where the lights went out. When the lights went out quite badly. <laughs> Can't believe it. I, I knew it wasn't in the second game, but I just completely forgot about the first leg. What an idiot. So, scores on the doors after that. We've got Ollie Dawes, who's currently 10 out of 10. Jake's second with 7 out of 10. Ollie Gornal with 6. And Bob with 5. It's gone tits up. It's gone tits up here. Hi. It could go even worse in a minute. <laughs> uh, the I Who Am I theme. It's general championship I'm worried about. Yeah. The Who Am I theme. Who was the guy who was signed from Burnley in 2003 under Craig Brown who made only two appearances? Not the foggiest. I've not got a clue, but I've gone Brian Stock even though it wasn't a fullback. No, no. Lee Briscoe. I've gone Mears. Lee Briscoe is correct. Oh my god. <laughs> me. What yeah, are you, Ollie? Me. I remember thinking he was a good sign and then he was injured the whole time he was with North End. Correct. I don't even remember him. Made about 100 odd appearances for Burnley. Burnley, hate, Burnley yeah. fans hated him when he joined us and he only played twice because he was a good player for Burnley. What happened uh, to him after that? Retired, I think. I think he retired with injury. Um. Who was signed by Alan Irving? Scottish fullback, 19 appearances before he went back up to Scotland. Michael Hart. 
Yeah, I've got Michael Hart. Yeah, Michael Hart. Oh, I've got David Gray. Yeah, I nearly put David Gray. Oh, funny, funny that. Michael Hart is correct. Heartbeat. So, uh, next one's the former was Man it, United. Was it Michael Hart? Oh, no, it was Steve Smith, wasn't it? Who went, uh, a night game at Deepdale, who went f- absolutely flying through some opposition player and never got sent off for it. Probably Steve. the most memorable thing he did. Yeah. Um, oh God, where, do, where do we sign Stephen Smith from? He'd been at Rangers, but I don't know if we got him directly from there or not. That's, that's it. Um, question 13. Um, who was the Man United player we signed? Uh, we spent two years at Deepdale and then scored the winning goal in the 2016 Scottish Cup final. Not a clue. Um, David Gray for Hibs. David Gray. Oh, bloody hell. Went Stevie May. Couldn't think. David Gray's right. He's there. Was, it, cap- was it against Hearts? Against Rangers, I think. Was it Rangers? It Rangers, yeah. I remember him scoring. I thought he was all right in parts. Greyhound. He was quick. That's bad. Yeah, he was rapid, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, question 14. Who was the fullback who later became a centre-half, joined from Port Vale in 1992 and played in two playoff finals for Preston? Um, I've not got anything down, but I don't know if I've got four and five mixed up. But yeah, I've not put anything down for it. So I've not got a clue. I've gone Murdoch. Not a clue though. Uh, Ryan Kidd. I haven't got a clue. I just went Gary Parkinson. No idea. Ryan Kidd is correct. Jesus Christ. My days. You're not coming on next time, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. <laughs> Um, and who was the Welsh international fullback who resigned from Bristol City and after retiring um, lasted just five months in charge of Tramway Rovers? I put Colin Murdoch. No, I've not got it. I feel like I knew the player, but the Tramway bit has thrown me because I don't remember him being a manager, but Rob Edwards. Oh, I had no idea. Bobby Edwards is correct. He, I don't um, remember him as a manager at all. Yeah, he had five months in charge of Tramway. Um, it wasn't didn't go well at all. He's now um, he's now at Southampton. He's one of the academy directors, I believe. What season? What season was he at, at Tramway? I, I think it was about two thousand six, seven, something like that. Um, <coughs> here we go. Oh, Bobby, um, Colin Murdoch, by the way, is a lawyer now. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did know that actually. That's some career change. Yeah. yeah. 2014, Ollie. He was in charge of Tranmere. Christ. Um, put it this way. He was appointed on the 27th of May, so out of season, and was sacked on the 13th of October. <laughs> he, um, yeah, 14 games in charge of Tranmere. Won twice. Four draws, eight defeats. Um, so that's who am I. So then we're on to... Oh, I'll give you an update on the scores. So... Jake's moved on to eight, uh, as has Ollie Gornal. Bob stayed on five. Mr. Dawes is on 15 out of 15 so far. I've had a stinker. Unbelievable. Stinker. I think we should have some kind of handicap, Bob, for our age as well. Yeah, what, well, Ollie? I agree. <laughs> yeah. We'd be winning. <laughs> so, um, 
this season's championship last five questions so um to the nearest whole thousand what is the average weekly wage in the championship just a complete guess 16 i've gone nice and round i've gone 10,000 i guessed 15 i've gone uh, 12 Close, but no cigar. It's 17,000 is the nearest average weekly wage. Jeez. The average weekly wage is 16,553. Oh, are you not giving out points for the nearest? No. Oh, nearest 1,000. Unlucky. 10 grand. Christ, about 20 years ago, it might have been 10 grand, but no, 17 grand is the average weekly wage. I think we're on about 9.5, I think it is now. That's not for, for what that's quite high for our average. I thought, I thought it'd be lower than yeah, that. I think it is as well. With the wage bill went up quite a bit last year, even though there was only four new four new members of staff. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was 16. So it's question 17 who's the top scorer this season? <laughs> Mitrovic. I went Ollie Watkins. I've got Mitrovic. I've got Mitrovic. It is Mitrovic by one goal. He's got 23. Watkins has got 22. Yeah. Knew it was between them two. Mm. Um, can you name the club captain of Brentford? Pontus Janssen. I've gone Janssen as well. I don't have an answer for this. I have no idea. Big Janssen. It is big Pontus Janssen. Yeah. Um... Philip Koku joined Derby at the start of the season, but what was his previous managerial position? No idea. I feel like it's something weird, like a Chinese club or something. Don't be mean to China. I've gone Fenerbahce. Yeah, I've got Fenerbahce. I've got PSV. No, he'd left PSV and then um, after winning <sighs> Eredivisie for three seasons on the bounce and went to Fenerbahce when he only lasted five months. They were uh, <clears throat> third bottom when he took when he left because it, it was a bit of a disaster. <clears throat> Um, and then last but no means least um, who was the first manager to lose his job this season in the championship Graham Jones uh, no what the hell no, is his name <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Jones why am I saying Luton's manager Nathan first, Jones first answer unfortunately Ollie I've gone for the late great Nathan Jones yeah I've got Nathan Jones Nathan Jones all wrong it was is it Jan Seaworth it's Jan Seaworth oh, at Huddersfield Town. Oh, I didn't even was, think of him. It was between them two. But it was I thought between War- Warnock and Jones for me. Did, wow. Jose, did Jose Gomez go there uh, quite early? Um, let me yeah, because they got the new manager in. It's Mark, Mark Bowen. So it must have been like October. Yeah. Even yeah. before Jones. I'm pretty sure that Jan Seaworth, or whatever he's called, was... Um, was it October? Was, September he was, or something like that. He was Friday the 16th of August, so we lasted two weeks of the season. Wow. Jesus. I Seven remember watching, the, the, was it Derby they played on TV? Possibly. Played when someone on Friday Red, night, didn't yeah. they? And they got beat. Yeah, and then the, the next one in the championship was, um, the next person to leave was Neil Harris. Oh, yeah, of course, for Gary Barrett. Yeah, and um, then it was Stendhal, lad at Barnsley. Oh yeah. How long did Nathan Jones last? Longer than I thought. Well, yeah. we we played him in what late September was it? I thought we played him earlier, didn't we? We played him in August, but mm. uh, we sort of we fended them off for Alex Neal in November, so I'd guess around. Oh yeah. First of November he went. Nathan Jones. Yeah, it was um, a busy couple of weeks for sackings around there. 
So, but yeah, so scores on the doors in total. Let's uh, let's add them up. <laughs> the score is definitely on the doors in this one. <laughs> yeah. On the alley doors on this one. Um, right, so um, Bob, sorry mate, but you're popping us up this week with seven. My place is Jake. You've um, at least you've not beat um, you're not the lowest we've ever had, so um, yeah. that's fine. You're the joint lowest. So, um, Welcome yeah. to the club, Bob. Yeah. Cheers, Jake. Glad to join you. <laughs> Tied between you two for the, uh, the between Jake and Ollie. Um, both got ten. I like that. I can live with that. Half right, so it's not bad. And then Ollie Dawes, seventeen out of twenty. Unbelievable effort. We have, uh, we have a new record. It's going I'll to take, take a big effort to top that. I'll take first, last time, and second today. That's not too bad. Yeah, do not that, mate. So um, yeah, that's um, episode two of the uh, the quiz cast. Hope you've all enjoyed it at home. Keep forgetting I'm like talking to people that's not us. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enjoy it, guys. Let us know how you get on. Um, Cheers for that, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks, noise. Cheers, Jimmy. Um, Another yeah, no, yeah, good quiz. There's not really any proper prep on this bit. I kind of sprung it on you all, but um, yeah, what are your thoughts on on the proposals for football coming back? I think is it 16th of May for a return to training, and then <coughs> behind closed doors in in 56 days to complete the season, including the playoffs. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, if it's if that's all, if that's what they've got to do, it's by no means ideal having no crowds. But if that's what it takes, then yeah, because especially from our point of view, a selfish perspective, we're in a we're still in a great position. So to have still have that chance of you know staying in the playoffs, then we've got to take it, in my opinion. I just don't know if we're all being like totally unrealistic about a return date still, because right. I keep reading I keep reading different things, and I just can't see any football being played over summer. So. Yeah. The return, so they're meant to be going back to training in about four weeks. Yeah. I just can't it's see cool, it. it. I just can't see it. So I know some clubs in Germany have, haven't they? Like Bayern Munich and stuff. But you'd imagine that they've got humongous training grounds where they can put things like social distancing in place while they're training. And testing as well in Germany is on a much higher scale than in the UK, yeah. I think. So that's the problem. They've got to make sure they can make it safe for football staff and make sure that they can get tests for players and staff to make sure that it's not going to be that you know, it's not going to get spread further on the football pitch. I mean, mm. that's that's the main concern, isn't it? It's the safety of the players and the staff because, I mean, that's not really been considered an awful lot um, in some of the debates I've seen. So that's a that's the main thing. <clears throat> I think it's, it's the the other thing that I, I read was I think it's 160 staff on a match day, even if it's behind closed doors, because you've got your analysts, you've got your commentators, you've got your riggers for your TV crew, you've got um, your yeah. Hawkeye guys. It's you, you've got you've got to have a paramedic, well, four paramedics there, and, and an ambulance. There's there's so much to consider, but I don't think we've thought about it enough so far. Um, yeah. It's. I, I still think that end of May return, well, or start of June return to games is far too soon. I just don't, I can't see it happening. Mm. I get some of the points that have been made, you know, around finances and the fact that, you know, football is on its arse, you know, because nobody's got any money, but it's not coming in at the, at the top, at the top of the funnel. You know, we're getting this TV money for next year in advance. Well, who's to say football's going to be on, you know, in for 20, 
21 season. There's no, mm. there's no guarantee it's actually going to happen at the minute. So, yeah, I'm very sceptical about, you know, is it actually going to happen? Um, don't be wrong, I want it to happen and everything, but I want it to be happen at the right time. Yeah, not be um, rushed. I think there yeah. seems to be, it seems quite unanimous, especially around like the Premier League and the AFL, that they want to get the season finished. So they've, they, they all seem to agree on that. So if that's the case, then what's the rush? Yeah, I think it's the, the Premier League Championship wants it to be finished. I don't know about Leagues 1 and 2, because I just think... You know, especially at that level, financially, they are screwed at this moment mm. in time. Yeah. There's a handful of owners that can prop the clubs up. But, you know, you only have to look at Andy Olds on Twitter to, to realise that you know, there's a couple, there's clubs that will go to the wall unless yeah. help is actually offered. In it. And not and, and meaningful help, not just like a loan and, or, you know, you can have your TV money for next year, you know, five months early. Because end of the day, clubs are budgeted about what they're getting in and when. Um, I just find it a little bit far-fetched. I just see, you know, I've said a couple of times, it's ITV Digital 2, this. It's a financial black hole that we've got into. And, you know, through no no fault of anyone, let's be honest. Um, but it's going to take a mammoth effort to get out of it. I think it's just exposed the frailties within the football pyramid and the fact that the money's just been, the bubble's just been expanding and expanding year on year. And finally, it's taken like a, a really unexpected, unprecedented crisis. And it looks like in just a matter of months, even weeks, like so many teams are going to be put under such serious pressure. And there's, there's not, I mean, it, hopefully there's going to be more help, like you said, Jimmy, but it, they need the they need the certainty of knowing if the season's going to be played or not because that uncertainty um, is just it's just no good. But obviously it's difficult for the EFL to set a certain date because there's just just no. I mean it's the same for everyone, isn't it? There's no knowledge on when we're going to get this vaccine, which could take years. Um, whether there can be any preventative drugs brought in that can help with the symptoms. I mean it's all unanswer- you know unknown territory. So. It's it is a really it's a really bad situation. There's no doubt about it. And clubs, quite a lot of clubs, I mean, in particularly in, in lower down in the EFL, will fall into really bad uh, financial trouble. Yeah. I think it's hard when the government doesn't know their arse from their elbow as well. Um, <laughs> they've not got. I don't think anyone's got a clue about. They might know, but nothing's been made public about. The potential severity of this, because mm. um, I've seen, I've I've had gigs and stuff that have been rearranged for September, and that, that still feels totally unrealistic. Um, and obviously, when you've got football stadiums, this is talking about return to actual fans going to stadiums. It's hard to see fans returning in this in this year. And and even if they can, are they going to want to? I mean, there's going to be a lot, thousands of fans who, even if they could return, simply wouldn't want to for the risk of mm. contracting the virus. So that's another factor. Even if they can go, will they want to? Yeah. And what's the saying, you know, we get to December and, you know, COVID-20 comes around or something like that. You know what I mean? Or I know it's not done in, in years or anything like that, you know, but what's to say that this isn't one of many viral infections that could hamper things there's no nothing to say that we're not going to get another one next year or there's not going to be another uh, virus or health issue that might put things to bed it's just 
it's very much a pipe dream at the minute in terms of us getting us even getting back into grounds, which is a shame. But I've mm-hmm. got to do the right thing, and yeah, I think you're right in terms of what you said before, Bob. It's been a massive wake up call for football finances. Um, yeah, you know because because it ran that tight and it was always on a tightrope. It's just been, you know, it, it, only it just needed time. something to to topple yeah. it either way, didn't it? And obviously, this is proven to be that. I think. I think in the last few years there's been a lot of um, maybe pressure is not the right word, but pressure brought on to a lot of um, organisations in football about finances. In if if you look at you know people like Kieran Maguire, other 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 people on social media that are, are bringing up the fact that there's a lot of clubs operating beyond the means. So yeah. I think I think in in the, that started at some point in the last two years to become more prominent. Um, I think now that this has happened, it's just the the final thing that a lot of people have needed to. It's easy to read a tweet and just dismiss it, isn't it? Mm. Like, yeah. I think something like this has actually brought it home for a lot of people. And and I think is there going to be widespread change? I think there has to be. Um, what that is, I don't know. I know, Ollie, you tweeted something about uh, an article about a wage cap the other day. You know, whether something like that gets brought in at some point in the near future or not, who knows? But I think this this shows that there has to be something that, that changes significantly in football. Yeah, I think... I, sorry, go on. I know, I, I, all I was going to add um, was that I think a wage cap before this crisis would have seen like a... Comp- like a completely um, unrealistic idea, but now it actually seems like something that it just has. It almost is a necessity because it's not just the problem of say like a team like Aston Villa or Leeds or Derby who can afford to pay astronomical wages, but the pressure that puts on teams like Preston, teams like Wigan, Millwall, who then feel like they have to you know stretch above and beyond their means just to keep up with the teams like Leeds who you know and Derby who can afford these the you know the wages for players like Wayne Rooney and the players like Eddie Nketiah when Leeds brought him in on loan for a hell of a lot of money it's just that I think the pressure is then on the teams towards the bottom to you know punch up and try and mm. and, and stretch and that's where the problems lie so a wage cap it could actually solve that issue to a certain degree if it levels the playing field and obviously there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of clubs like the bigger clubs who'll say well this isn't fair because we can afford these players but I think now this crisis is is sort of uh, put nothing nothing's off the table anymore because there's got to be yeah extreme measures need to need to be implemented in order to um, save a lot of football clubs. Yeah, I think we have to look at the championship as a whole for last season, lost six hundred and fifty million pound. Yeah. No, no business. I think e- e- you can't even... have a sustainable business like that or organization. That's just ridiculous. Even P and E, I think ninety five percent of fans of all clubs in our league will consider P and E to be well run. I think for every hundred pound of income, don't we spend about hundred and forty pound on wages? Yeah, hundred and forty three. Yeah. So and that's just sort of swept under the carpet as being normal in any business that's just not normal not sustainable in any way and i so think, the reason I think why a lot of clubs normal. are going to have to reconsider the reason it looks normal is because the average in the leagues 120 percent yeah so I, I don't know that's probably propped up quite a lot last season by reading and aston villa i mean aston villa's weekly wage last week last year was 44 grand you Jesus. know 
£44,000. What the hell? You know, and yeah. they spent 100, they, they lost £84 million to get promoted. You know, they had the highest revenue, uh, second highest revenue, or third, sorry, behind uh, West Brom and Swansea last year. Um, but had to chuck money at it to get out. Yeah. And, and they only just did it. Sell the stadium. To yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just I mean, I did. I don't know if any of you watched uh, Sunderland Till I Die. The second season just has uh, just come out recently, and that for me that really hit home because they're a League One club, and I mean they were they were paying what Jack Rodwell, and he was injured. They were paying him like fifty grand a week, and then they couldn't get rid of him. And then they've had and then all these players that they had on like Premier League wages in League One, but the only reason they could sustain it really to a degree was because of the the ticket, you know, the, the tickets they sold, um, but. That was just, it was just unreal almost, the amount of money they were spending on wages in League One. Um, And the fact that it's so hard for clubs to get rid of players once you've signed them because um, they're they're so well protected by the contract. And agents do, now agents obviously do such a good job of securing their players like really healthy financial packages. And then the clubs like Sunderland were, were just marooned with all these, yeah, all these Massive. I mean, even McGeady in League One, that's just, to me, that's just, it's just ridiculous um, how they could yeah. afford. I think a lot of the things with Sunderland, though, is they, they signed a lot of players without dropping in wages, for, especially down to League One. I think they had relegation drops from Premier League to the Championship, but didn't have anything Championship to League One. So obviously, mm. they were financially stuck with these players on astronomical salaries because they never expected to go down and down again. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you only have to watch Sunderland till I die to realise that club was rotten, you know, mm. and under the old owner. And I, I, to be fair, I quite like that Stuart Donald, the, the new guy, the the new chairman, the, the chief exec or executive officer, whatever he's called, that nutter. He was a bit of a dick. <laughs> Charlie. 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 Yeah. yeah. I thought he, I thought the owner was doing well until he pissed four million pound on Will Grigg on deadline day for no apparent ridiculous. reason. Wigan well, must have been think. laughing their heads off. Wigan would have nice guy, uh, but no football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he that just, just that just sums what it were. Yeah, that just sums it all up. Four million pound on a on a League One striker. It was just um, a panic buy, wasn't it? Just a pure panic buy. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean, you can understand why he wanted to do it because he wanted to appease the fans and he wanted to say, look, I'm I'm really invested in this club. But Stuart Donald, he was a very transparent man, but just looking at his finances, he just didn't have the money to run. A club of that size, really, for for how much they needed. I mean, before Donald came in, it was just send a, a big check off to the, over to the states, and um, the the owner will just pay it off. But I mean, they had the right intentions. I just don't, I think he might have been a little bit out of his depth. But yeah, and just while we're on about all the finances, a bit of a shout out to North End because I think they're doing the right thing in terms of the wages. Um, yeah. Obviously, all the players have <laughs> guaranteed the full wages till August. Um, hopefully we'll just get that bit of loyalty back obviously it's great news with Deck signing uh, for three years obviously we've got five or six more to get through the door haven't we really for the guys that are going out of contract next year yeah whether that uh, happens or not I mean that remains to be seen doesn't it I, I think, think it, it's quite interesting it. now what's going to happen because obviously I've got no idea about what's going on but I think probably the situation's helped us in signing Rudd again yeah well wages are going to drop you know, yeah. I, think wages, I think wages and transfer fees are all going to bottom out. You know, what we we could have probably got, you know, between ten and fifteen million for a player like Ben Davis or Ben Pearson. I think that's going to be like three or four million now, unfortunately. Yeah. 
because the way that you know it's, it's going to be a, a buyer's market now because clubs will want to are going to want to get money in um and they're going to want to get people off the wage bill because income's not going to be the same you know yeah. i don't think we're going to see the season ticket sales that we did last year um you know, are we going to get season ticket sales? Because we don't know when next season's starting. So yeah, and what's you know, going to happen with the with the what people are yet to pay if they've got season tickets on finance, or people who've paid up front for the season tickets? If games yeah. are going to be behind closed doors, it'll you know, be on that, that, won't it? So, yeah, but I mean, are you? I suppose you, you with your season ticket, you're paying to see the game, aren't you? So if you get to see the game, then little shout out to um, Kieran Maguire who used to lecture me at uni. Um, Season tickets are actually classed as deferred income, so it's like technically a liability until the contract's been carried out. Ah, right, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So that until the season's finished, I don't think that can be classed as income for the club. Um, I suppose because you'll have people paying it on finance over nine yeah, ten I months, won't you? So there's all sorts of like legal legal stuff that's more complicated than what we can probably discuss, but. Mm. Um, pods I don't know. I don't know what's going. How many home games is there? Five home games left, or four, four, four or five, and four and then five away. Yeah. So people have bought looting tickets as well. So mm. it's just you don't know what's going to happen with that. Well, that money will still be at North End because North End won't pay Luton until the match is complete. It's not what yeah. usually happens. Does North End still get? A, I think it's a ten percent cut. Yeah. For a handling fee, I think they call it. Um, so they'd be away fixture, but yeah, it's um, God knows what's gonna happen financial, and you know, uh, just keep them here. You, you just keep your ear to the ground, don't you? Listen to the right pods, and you know that that Kieran Maguire one is decent. You know, for especially finances because it's it's giving that whole contextual view. Yeah. Um, you know, we obviously on our podcast focus on North End, but. Sometimes good to look at the bigger picture of how football is absolutely fucked at the minute. Mm. Yeah, and I think the question is is whether whether or not we come out of it on the right side in terms of obviously players and, and whatnot and keeping hold of of the, the 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 key players, if you will, like like you said, Jimmy, like the Ben Pearson, Ben Davis, Alan Brown, Daniel Johnson, all all going to be out of contract at the end of next season. But as well, I think the image that you give off as as an organisation as well, like. You see on Twitter these days, like companies and people getting dragged through the mud, and and to some extent, rightly so. You know, uh, Richard Bronson at Virgin. I think it, it's it's important that we come out as a club on on the right side of that as well. And I think I think we will. I think we're running a really good uh, sort of public relations campaign at the minute, particularly with the stuff that's gone on with Gentry Day and yeah. things like that are really important at this time because connecting with the fans and showing. The fans that we that we as a club care is so important. So I like I like things like that are good and play, and transparency as well. That's one of the most important things a football co- like club can do right now is to you know like release statements to the fans, just let the fans know what's going on and like like North End are doing where they're going to be paying all the staff in full, um, which is obviously great to see. And it, it's good to know that as a club financially, I think we'll be all right. Obviously, the, the next worry is, is like you said, Jake, is whether, whether players uh, will stay or not. I think, um, obviously, the law of Premier League wages uh, could be a factor when things do you know, restart and the transfer window begins. But 
Um, I mean, obviously, it's, the Rudd, Rudd was an interesting one because, I, I, like, it was clear that he had maybe designs of moving elsewhere. But I think with the uncertainty around finances, he probably just thought, you know what, I'll I'll secure my future and you know have a regular wage for the next three years. So I mean, I think that says quite a lot about the financial state we're in, which is good. Uh, obviously, we can afford to to keep running as a club, but uh, player player wise, I don't know. I mean, that's that's. I, I think no Rudd is Rudd's probably quite a different example than what you're going to get with Ben Davis, uh, Ben Pierce, and Alan Brow. First, because of because of their age. Yeah, big big uh, three years for Deck, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, but he's settled. He's twenty nine. He's never going to be a regular starter for a Premier League club. So, but with, with the others, they might see it. I don't know as an opportunity with Premier League clubs, maybe cutting back slightly or whatever. They might think they've got a better chance of starting for a Premier League club. So I don't know how that's going to work with Ben Pearson in particular. I'm thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what have they got left uh, until next uh, next summer? Yeah. So I mean, it is obviously a worry. We don't. I mean, uh, God knows how we we go about because it's whether whether they'll want to stay or whether they'll be thinking, um, hang on a minute, if we just keep hanging on, then um, we'll walk for free next year. I don't know. It's a difficult situation. Yeah, and I think the players have got, you know players are not what are going to get it sorted sooner rather than later. It's their futures as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if you're a if you wanted to settle down or you wanted to put money down for a house or get a mortgage, you've got to have longer than six months left on your contract. That's been the issue with Deck. He wanted to move up here by all accounts. And the fact that he had less than six months on his contract meant he couldn't get a new mortgage for his new property up here. Um, now he's got that security, then I think that'll be better for him. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens with the other lads? It's, you know, it's all up in the air, isn't it? You know, I'm sure they'll want to, Try and get a, a situation sorted sooner rather than later, but you know we don't know when this chance we don't know when the next uh, transfer window is going to be. You know the next transfer window might not be till October, November at the earliest. So what do you do? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I personally think that it'll work in it'll work in like you said, it's going to be a buyer's market. So yeah, I think you'll you'll yeah. get clubs yeah. probably like Burnley trying to snap Ben Pearson up for like five million. They'll think like thinking clubs like Preston are strapped for cash and need a, an injection to keep the cash flow going. Just make a cheeky offer and hope they hope they accept. I guess that's going to be the mindset of a lot of a lot of Premier League clubs trying. I guess the knock on of that is that clubs lower down where we do a lot of our business might also be under even greater pressure to sell. Like the you look at like the Ivan Tony stuff. We've been linked with him how many times now? But they were talking about Peterborough wanting. 10, 11 million quid for him. Yeah. yeah. There's no chance they're going to get that in this market now. See, whilst it will probably impact us with the players running down the contracts, the work we do in markets like Scotland, Ireland, League One, League Two, it may it may come back and sort of be a little bit of a boost to us in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, because we've seen player, we've seen prices in our our current. Well, as, you, as you've said before, Ali, we've seen prices in our current markets rising quite quickly in recent years. Uh, whereas before, we found it quite easy to snap these players up for cheap. Um, even like League One, League Two uh, players uh, are going for quite a considerable amount of more, like more than they did say five years ago. So, it, yeah, it could, yeah, it might work in our favour in that sense, definitely. Yeah, if you'd look at like. Somebody who is really up and coming in League One, let's say, you'd probably already sit and say that North End probably wouldn't have a chance. 
because that's just the way the market's gone in mm. the recent years where even players at the top of league one are just out of our price range and maybe it will be a case that um that that'll change because i think one of the one of the ideas they had was to put a six grand a week wage cap in league one which would be interesting like i say for a club like us who do a lot of our business there Mm. still a decent decent amount every week for that level as well though it is i think league two was about three grand a week wage cap i can't remember off the top of my head but i know i know league one they pitched like six grand a week be interesting what happens i mean it's um there's still a long way to go in there really it's not going to get fixed yeah. in the next four to six weeks this is going to be a long-term knock-on effect for football as well i think it'll affect yeah. it globally it's not just in the uk um but you're right in terms of like uh, an even tony now it'll probably be one and a half million not not 10 12 yeah, you've no you know, idea if well. that uh because it's always sold well peterborough but you do wonder now with this whether they'll have to sort of take a bit of a step back because yeah. I mean their, their owner is quite wealthy but is he wealthy enough to continue supporting a full club whilst turning down like you said Jimmy maybe one and a half two million pound for their key player that could see the club yeah Darren McCanson through two three months yeah Darren McCanson he's not short a few quid he's not got anywhere near the money that um, you know Trevor Emmons has got no no that's, that's what I mean so how long is he going to be willing to fund the club out of his own pocket if that's what he's doing at the minute when there's the offer of maybe two million on the table for their key player. Yeah. Do you think North End is still going to be in a position to offer like two million for a player? It depends on what the owner wants to do. Because that's very rarely been the case anyway. So But he didn't have to give the players the full wages and it I think I believe yeah. it's him who's actually uh, alongside Risdell that's made that decision. You know, you look yeah. at the introduction last about two yeah. weeks ago, 1.64 million. 1.64 million is our monthly wage spend. Yeah. You know, don't be surprised if you see that three times, another three times between now and the end of July. Um, because mm. I, I just think he's just going to prop us up. And fair, you know, I, I've been, Trevor Emmons is probably one of his biggest critics over the past 10 years. Um, well, 11 years that he's, he's had the club now. Um, but absolutely fair play for putting his money where his mouth is but it just goes on his debt for the club so uh, he's up to 45 and a half million pound of debt now that he's that North End has to to the owner uh, which isn't that bad when you consider you know he's had the club 11 years and that only means 4 million pound a year in mm. terms of he's propping it up I mean that's that's another interesting one because obviously with Hemmings I mean I, I know he was potentially looking for a buyer um well, he's been, he, you know, it's been mooted that he, he would like someone to buy the club. But now, when when the hell would that be? Possible? I mean, who the hell is going to want to buy a football club in the next like five like years or so? So that's, I mean, that's the Newcastle are managing it. Yeah, yeah somehow. Yeah, in the, in the, in the, the worst, right? <laughs> typical Newcastle, and a bloody, completely when when we're in an economic crisis, they actually find a find a buyer. <laughs> Uh, we might get this though. We might uh, get loads of might get loads of foreign people who don't know about football, just wanting to buy a club and taking advantage. Yeah, like like you said, Ollie. There's a bit of a toy. It could, it could it could work the same way for buying and selling football clubs. In the, if someone wants to get rid of one, it's an, maybe an opportunity to uh, get get a good deal for for a club. Um, I noticed that Riddler's uh, ban is up 
I believe that came to an end yesterday. Yeah. So I would imagine we'll see him as an official chairman or something. Well, he's he's been in the media a lot more in the last few weeks, hasn't he? Yeah. I tried I tried to get him on the podcast in March, I think. Um, no, last uh, last October it was or November, and he he said he was happy to do it, but he spoke with the club and apparently the club said because of his ban they want him to. Uh, take a bit of a backseat in terms of media duties unless it's official club stuff and yeah. then obviously in the last few weeks he's been right at the forefront of it so maybe I'll get him back on <laughs> no, I doubt it so, fair, uh, play to him, though. fair play to Peter because you yeah. know what he does he's done a lot of positive things since he's been here and you know you look at yeah everyone talks about his days at Leeds and how they overspent and, and all that jazz but did a cracking job at Plymouth you know turning that ship round before Cardiff. he went to Cardiff yeah, did, did a good job of Cardiff in terms of studying that and then getting it ready for sale to the Tans. And then since he's been here, he's been nothing but but positive, really, especially mm-hmm. taking over from that crap Morris Lindsay. Um, <laughs> Won't let us sign Jamie Vardy, would he? There's a lot more to it. That I, you know, I'd, Morris, I wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. <laughs> um, well, Phil, Phil Brown, pretty much. Well, he talks about it in the pod that I've got, but he said, yeah, it was basically all Morris Lindsay with the Jamie Vardy thing. Yeah. yeah. He, he'd agreed a deal, he said, with, um, what, where the hell was he? Halifax. Halifax. Halifax, yeah. Halifax then? Phil Brown had yeah. said he, he'd agreed a deal, pretty much, with, with Halifax. And it was Morris Lindsay that said, nope. With with Hemmings, like I don't, I the only thing I don't really like is the stories you hear of him sort of vetoing transfers, where it's like yeah. you have you have Ridsdale who knows football, you have a head of recruitment, you have a manager. Is it the owner's job sometimes to say I don't want you to sign this player? It's one of them where you have so many people who know the game that you're employing. That's, yeah, maybe you should just trust their judgment on it. Yeah, I, I mean that's why. That, yeah. We all That's think why you employ them. One, I think is the one that a lot of us will remember. Where it's what say that again, Ollie. Uh, the key for more sort. Oh of yeah, yeah. Attempt in when was that? Twenty eighteen, where it sounded like Hemmings sort of wasn't Sakine. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's been my biggest frustration with him. It's a bit of the blocker piece in terms of, especially club yeah. initiatives as well, because the club are trying to do, you know, ticket deals or they try and do anything to engage fans to get, I suppose, the stayaways to come back. But they've got to have a budget for that, and unfortunately, that seems to be the blocker. But you know, I, you've got to give the club a lot of credit, especially for the past probably six weeks since we've been off. Um, yeah. The stuff they did for Gentry Day yesterday was amazing. Brilliant. Uh, Absolutely, hats off to to the guys at the club for that because you know so positive to see so many former North End players and managers and you know doing their bit and it just shows that you know we have got a pretty special club when you want to get behind it. So I I have to say for the for the podcast I know it's not directly club related but getting in touch with and speaking to former players you know I think it goes to show the the type of player that we, we've had at the club in the past that the majority that I've spoken to have been more than happy to to give up their time to come on the podcast. Yeah, uh, It's probably never been easier for me to try and get people on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I think, yeah, and to be fair, I think that goes right way through, doesn't it, really? We don't tend to employ knobs. Mm. You know, there's no real bad players. Yeah, there's a couple, but there's not that many, really. You can't get it right all the time, can you? Yeah. Even... Um, 
because they, they released sort of that like video podcast thing on iFollow, which was some of the playoff winning side sort of talking about that whole campaign and stuff. And that was really good, like just getting them all together again. Like, even, yeah. even Grayson was on it. I mean, yeah, it's like all the, re- the playoff rewind stuff with the, the two Chesterfield games and the and the playoff final. Like, it's just good to I think it's good reminisce on the on the good times and which have been so recent. So I mean, the club are doing well to capitalise on that sort of stuff, the nostalgia, um, and that yeah, they've they've done some good stuff recently. Um, the only thing I was thinking is there's not many good times of late, is there? So if this goes on for yeah. too long, they'll run out of stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Go back, go going back to like '96. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've at least, at least you and at least you and um, Ollie will learn a few things for the next quiz that Jimmy does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just want a Jordan Hugel goal compilation next from the club. <laughs> I read today um, on Twitter that they're interviewing every former player of the year. So uh, that'll be good until we get to it. The Aidan McGeady year, won't it? So um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could be a fun one. So. Right, uh, unless anyone else has got anything to add, I think we'll, to coin my most used phrase, we'll call that a pod. Cool. Yeah, good stuff, nice mate. one. Right, cheers, boys. Thank you very much. Nice one.